Welcome to the Get With It podcast. I will be your host, Elizabeth. This podcast will focus on the decline of women in technology and how our grassroots organization works with the community to foster relationships and reducing the gap of women in tech. We will be talking with both men and women on how to continue to move the needle forward on those relationships. For more information, please check us out at getwitit.org. Apprenti is bridging the tech talent and diversity gaps, initiating a new paradigm to develop untapped talent and strengthen the tech ecosystem nationwide. Apprenti offers a new approach to filling the talent gap through the time-tested model of registered apprenticeships for industry and for people. Our unique apprenticeships program is a straightforward, step-by-step, fast track toward a dream job. The tech industry is seeking to diversify its workforce, so Apprenti is actively recruiting women, people of color, and veterans, although anyone is eligible to apply. Using a prioritized screening process, Apprenti has created a quicker path to diverse, qualified, and certified tech talent as the tech intermediary for the U.S. Department of Labor. Apprenti is building apprenticeships for the next generation of leaders in tech. Well, first, I have to introduce, okay. and I never say say your last name. Van Till. Van Till, okay. Van, Everybody like the thing you drive, until like what you do to soil. <laughs> Everybody listens to those, I screw it up. So we have Evelyn Van Till on. And she's from Apprenti. And um, well, we have exciting news. She just told me exciting news before we started recording. So we're going to start at the beginning, though. Your background, where you came from, how you got into this industry. I know you from a different life. So um, how that all came about. And then your exciting new news. And then all about Apprenti and your how you're going to take over the world now. (laughs) I'm excited. I'm excited to join you this morning and uh, eager to share what we've got. So knock it out, girl. Let's start from the beginning. My goodness. Well, you had a stack of questions there. Um, So let me see if I can, I can (laughs) untangle that. Um, Yeah. So exciting, good news. Um, I have, um, taken a a new uh, national position. So I I moved from the program coordinator role to um, apprenticeship experience manager. Um, And we're continuing our our onward growth um, nationally, um, open in 16 different markets across the nation, including Ohio, uh, here in Columbus and Cincinnati, um, and getting an increasing interest in Cleveland. Um, So that's exciting. Looking forward to, you know, continuing to roll out. We're about two years into rolling out um, programs here in Ohio. So um, we'll continue that, that path and, uh, you know, out and onwards from there. Um, there's quite a few Midwest states that are doing apprenticeship um, increasingly. So that's exciting um, as well as, you know, uh, on each of the coasts we see. Um, more and more companies, more and more industry adopting apprenticeship as a way to build up their tech talent teams and um, select the the next generation of uh, tech leaders in their companies. Very exciting. So, but you didn't start there. No. Yeah. So I I started in um, background in higher education, primarily, although I've done some stints in um, early childhood and uh, retail, um, variety of uh, program uh, and technical um, positions. So um, spent 13 years at Ohio State um, doing a variety of program roles, uh, first year experience, academic advising, career services, uh, program manager role. What building um, were you in again? So I was in Hopkins for much of my career. Um, Hopkins Hall was on as on 17th um, and uh, it's home to the Department of Arts, Department of Art Education, Department of Design um, and uh, spent a lot of time in Denny, Denny Hall. Um, I 
moved to Ohio originally to do a grad program at Ohio State. So uh-huh. I thought I had gotten out of Denny Hall when I graduated. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, at some point, my office moved over into Denny Hall um, when the College of the Arts uh, was consolidated into Arts and Sciences. But they knew. It was like, a, yeah, a they need to take you back. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, you know, it was it was a newer space, a little bit less dilapidated than Hopkins Hall. Um, the carpeting in Hopkins was about 12 years older than, than I am. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and it was, yeah, we couldn't even vacuum it. It would come up in chunks and there was oh. like, piles underneath. So we would just very carefully try to sweep up, <laughs> sweep up the dust, um, keep it clean as best as we could. Uh, Denny Hall was a little bit better. Um, it was a rem- more remodeled space, but we were in the basement, so it was, I um, remember you telling me about that. Yeah. No windows, no totally windows. Like, <laughs> tile hallways. Um, it, it was, uh, and then it flooded uh, and we went to Lincoln, Lincoln tower. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> for a while all over the place. Yeah. Well, that was fixed. I uh, did a lot of office hours in the music school in the school of music. Um, so um, yeah, all over campus. But it's a big campus, and it, uh, it was always interesting when you'd walk. I'd walk across campus and see buildings I I hadn't seen before. Go through, you know, certain buildings. Uh, find yourself in the dentistry <laughs> labs or something. Ooh, that place smells. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they had this really neat historical dentistry uh, exhibit. There was like a museum or something, a dental museum. Um, Etymology had a really cool exhibit of different bugs on, oh. on the walls, butterflies and caterpillars and all kinds of, yeah. So campus is really interesting. And then of course the regional campuses, I did a lot of work, um, outreach work, liaison work to the regional campuses, Columbus state. Um, it's a big space, Ohio state. It can, it, can it really, is uh, take a long time to, to get your sea legs there. It does. It does. So you left OSU. I did. I left OSU um, and uh, worked, as I said, a little bit in marketing, um, food, beverage, retail, um, initially working on a community engagement project related to food and beverage um, food systems uh, in central Ohio. Um, and um, then um, continued to work um largely managing websites, doing marketing, search engine optimization, um, took a role at the Ohio Department of Education. Um, and uh, thinking that, you know, it would be a really great space to do uh, community engagement. Um, a lot of the work uh, ended up being largely newsletters, managing uh, websites and um, our workflow. Um, which was great experience um, and got the opportunity to, to do some really interesting work in early childhood um, and get, you know, see the connections between higher ed and early childhood and, you know, where the thing, where everything starts and, and, and how things move forward. And um, certainly, you know, um, saw a lot of challenges around, you know, getting people at, through education, getting people, um, access to education, getting people access to the internet um, so that they could inter- um, do, do cool projects uh, in the classrooms. Um, and uh, that connected very much to the next role, uh, running a boot camp. Um, so my own background, you know, and, and interest in tech um, led in many ways, open the doors to that, um, but also background in education and passion for connecting people up to, um, you know, ways to learn new things, ways to upskills, uh, ways to to uh, pivot their career, um, and um, in doing that work in the boot camp, clearly saw, um, as I did at OSU, you know, the need for us to make more clear connections to career, um, help people navigate that space a bit better. Um, and, um, really excited to then join the apprentice team, um, last September, 
um, make those. So it's been a year. It's been, yeah, a little bit over a year. A little over a year. Um, Okay. And uh, starting in Ohio, um, starting with our, our, our work uh, apprenticeship programs uh, in Ohio, and then increasingly building programs, building connections and supporting um, apprenticeship across the nation. So we've gotten some great opportunities, um, you know, Louisiana and Texas, Utah, California, Delaware, um, and in upcoming ones in Wisconsin, and hopefully um, some more other Midwest states as well. And Apprenti is based out of Seattle, right? Correct. Yeah. So Apprenti is um, a program of the Washington Technology Industry Association. Um, we got started in their Workforce Institute um, at the request of industry partners trying to solve their tech talent issues. Um, they were having you know, looking at it, um, there's just not enough people with the skills that are necessary to fill the roles that exist. And projections down the road um, are even bleaker in the sense of lots of jobs, but they're not in the places necessarily where where the people are with the skills that they have. Um, And when we look at, you know, projected graduation rates coming out of computer science programs, there's a significant numbers gap there in terms of the number of people coming through traditional routes um, and able to come into these programs or into these new roles. And even so needing um, pretty robust onboarding programs. Um, nevertheless, you know, usually, you know, a year or more um, onboarding necessary to move somebody from, you know, graduation um, for your degree into, into a new role. And, um, so they started thinking about how can we address that? We, we see this need, there are these jobs. We can see that we aren't gonna meet it using traditional mechanisms. We can also see that there's lots of people, great people, smart people um, who are looking for work right now um, and who just don't have the exact skill sets. They have the aptitude and they have the attitude um, but they don't have the means and opportunity. They don't have a computer science degree. They don't have access to go back for a four-year degree. Um, they don't have um, necessarily, even if they have some of the, um, you know, have done some micro-credentialing programs or some of those types of things, um, they are struggling uh, frequently, um, even coming out of a boot camp, to make that leap into that first role. Um, and to do so in a way that companies can retain people. Um, so one of the things is, you know, the challenge of, of landing that first role, staying in that first role, um, and companies really recouping the value of, of, of um, you know, hiring um, new talent. So apprenticeship was identified as a long and tried and true Um, way of doing that, of um, helping people pivot their careers or upskilling, reskilling adults. Um, And it's been used um, for many years in other parts of the world in tech. Um, So uh, the WTIA thought, let's give it a go. Let's let's try it in the United States. Let's do a pilot program here in Seattle and let's see how it goes. Um, It went really, really well. They got great uh, initial results and then got funded by the Department of Labor to go to take the model national. Um, so the WTIA um, initially serving the, just the tech industry uh, in Washington has grown really um, to serve uh, industry across all kinds of verticals um, in meeting their tech talent needs through the apprentice program. Apprenticeship is very widely used in, in European countries, correct? Absolutely. So if you look at Germany or other European countries, um, you know, they're using apprenticeship across the broad in a more robust manner, uh, just in general, um, and particularly in tech. Um, and, and, and it's not a, not a new thing. Because um, when that. you think of apprenticeship, I think you and I've talked about this, you think of like plumbing and electricity and mm-hmm. carpentry and sure. construction Absolutely. and those kind of your history. Yeah. yeah. Long tried and true history. Blacksmiths. <laughs> yeah. How do you train people to do incredibly skilled work mm-hmm. uh, in a hands-on work-based environment? Um, and it's, you know, long, 
been a productive way to, to produce new plumbers or pipe fitters or electricians or, um, you know, you name it in the skilled trades and the building trades apprenticeship is certainly, um, you know, someone who has good background, good experience, um, turning around and sharing that work-based learning, you know, with someone else who's new and training up a, a new electrician, training up a new carpenter, training up a new um, roofer, new pl plumber, pipe fitter. And the thing is, is that when we were talking to our industry partners like Amazon and Microsoft and others um, about their needs, those skills that model works really well in tech as well, because tech is constantly changing. The, the tools are always new and growing. Um, you can't just send someone off for a four-year degree and they come back fully baked, fully done um, with skills that are going to be the same for the next 20 years. That person needs to be engaged in lifelong learning and constantly updating their skills, testing and validating. Um, and uh, the idea of using apprenticeship in tech was definitely a new one for the United States. Um, but there's proof of concept in Europe. Um, certainly we've seen it um, be great to produce folks in the building trades, um, in the skilled trades. And I think one of the things that we're seeing here is um, in many ways, a blurring of lines, um, you know, a, a breaking down of the blue collar and the white collar to, to the no collar um, and, or the more comfy, comfy, comfy clothes. Um, <laughs> PJs, down to the yeah, PJs. <laughs> as our appliances get smarter, Mm -hmm. Um, our electricians, uh, needs to be technically adept are certainly growing. Um, our automotive technicians needs to be technically adept. I mean, our computer, the computers running our cars are incredibly sensitive and complex, um, contraptions. Um, our smart cities, our, um, infrastructure, it's not just, you know, a few tech firms, that we're talking about. It's really every business uh, has tech as their operational core. Um, it's how they're doing business and the need to integrate, to customize, to um, make data secure, to um, be able to um, truly leverage the best practices in business. It takes a great technical aptitude, a great tech team with diverse skills to be able to do that. Um, and we're increasingly seeing companies recognizing that, you know, every company really is a tech company and that they need to invest in their tech teams um, and grow those skills, be able to transfer knowledge, both technical and tribal. Um, and that apprenticeship can be a, a fantastic way to leverage people's backgrounds, great human skills. Um, the average apprentice that we're working with is 33. Um, they have a, a pretty deep background in work. They're maybe coming out of the military or have worked um, in a variety of industries, uh, sometimes, you know, quite adjacent uh, to the role that they're looking to go into. Maybe they've been doing manual testing. Maybe they've been working as a project manager. And now they want to move into cybersecurity. Now they want to move into a software development role. Um, or maybe they've been doing IT support and they want to now work in, in network administration or one of the other roles that we might do. Um, so there's opportunities for people um, to be, for us to meet people where they are and to help pivot them to that next role. Um, and that next role could be something um, that um, is their first role in technology. Um, or it might be part of a lattice of, of roles. Um, again, they might have been doing something um, where they're sitting in, in one role and they get kind of pigeonholed into that. Um, and, you know, they've been doing QA for a long time and they can't get somebody to, to consider them for doing something other than, than QA. Um, or perhaps they, um, we've had some apprentices um, who, even have computer science degrees, 
but they had some kind of interruption in their career. Uh, perhaps they were deployed, perhaps they uh, took some time off to care for a child or a loved one. And in the time between their graduation, their graduation and their next um, occurrence of looking for work, they're having trouble getting companies to hire them because this is, the feeling is that their skills are stale. Mm -hmm. um, that that degree from 2014, it doesn't matter. And that is um, in some ways a testament to how fast tech is moving um, and how important it is to continue that lifelong learning and growing and, and moving uh, your skills forward always. Um, but in some ways it also shows that apprenticeship is a model that can be used um, to provide both a unique access and also be braided um, with backgrounds of people coming out of boot camps, coming out of community colleges or universities, and whether that is uh, refreshing skills or perhaps extending skills. Um, we've had a lot of great folks coming out of universities or um, maybe they've partially completed a degree um, and they were not able to, to finish it completely. Um, but they've had trouble getting a job that requires a college degree. Um, and so we've had quite a few folks that we've worked with who, you know, they have a degree or associates or part of a degree, but they're driving Uber. Um, they're working in a restaurant. They're working in a warehouse. Um, perfectly good jobs, but not jobs that necessarily require a college degree or for where they see a, a big future. So explain, well, how does the apprentice program all work? Because yeah, it's a little so bit different than just your average boot camp. Absolutely. So yeah, we are not a boot camp. We are an apprenticeship program. We work with training providers like boot camps or community colleges, any adult training providers that can provide short sprint education for the roles that we're, we're filling. So like you said, we're not a traditional, um, it's a different model. Um, so unlike many uh, workforce development programs or training programs, we're not sending people to training and then hoping to find people jobs. We're working with our industry partners to identify the jobs and which ones can be used to, which ones are appropriate for apprenticeship, you know, engaging in that conversation, identifying the, the role, identifying the training needed for the role. Um, so it's not a generic training. We're not sending everyone to some, you know, lump sum training. We are customizing that training to the specific role. So those people going into cyber roles get a very specific track. So those people going to software dev, they get a specific track. Um, oftentimes we're partnering with boot camps. Uh, so locally here in Columbus, um, we've partnered quite a few times with Tech Elevator. Um, you know, working with our industry partners on software dev roles, and then sending, um, sending those folks through training um, that tailors specifically to that role. Um, so that in 14 weeks, we're taking someone from, you know, passable familiarity with computer literacy to software developer. And so when they are done with the training, they, they go, go to, the job. to that job, but they're not necessarily left on their own, right? Like they're absolutely. Yeah. I mean, no employee should ever be left on their own. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, especially right. a new employee. Um, it's really, yes. Yeah, so absolutely. Uh, just to your point, they graduate um, when, when someone successfully completes their related technical instruction, they graduate and typically we might graduate on a Friday and on Monday morning report to work at Chase or Huntington State Auto, um, Amazon. Wherever they were meant to go. <laughs> wherever they were selected to go. So, um, you know, just backing that up a little bit, we provide vetted candidates for industry partners to select. Selected candidates go to related technical instruction. Um, that job is held for them contingent on passing that technical instruction. Um, or meeting the required certification, depending on, on the, what the path is. Um, and then um, reporting to work. And for one year or 2,000 hours, they serve as an apprentice, um, an apprentice software developer, an apprentice cybersecurity analyst, an apprentice network administrator, 
an apprentice IT support professional. There's about 15, 16 different roles um, that we do. And uh, certainly we file new roles as, as they become, um, as they are identified as in-demand roles by industry. Um, so each of these roles is industry-driven. Um, these are roles that are um, roles that can be filled by someone without a college degree that technical short sprint adult education can ramp someone up for. Um, so in some ways, you know, identifying the distinction between, you know, what is a software engineer required? What is the preparation for that versus software development? Um, and there's, there's some, I think, um, clear differences in terms of um, the, the uh, amount of preparation in math and, and um, many of the robust um, pieces that you might see in a computer science degree. Um, but that's not necessary for all the work that's happening. Much of the work that's happening um, in organizations and companies doesn't necessarily need advanced understanding of algorithms to get started. To get started, um, you need to have some basic skills and chops related to that particular role. And then the opportunity to exercise those skills through a well-crafted work plan in that one year of apprenticeship. That well-crafted work plan is devised by the manager and the company. Um, we just simply are providing some structure and guidance for the companies in and helping them identify some alternative sources of talent, um, helping them uh, take advantage of potentially workforce programs, grants, or other opportunities to provide technical funding, technical training for funding, funding for technical training, sorry. Um, <laughs> a little stumbling over my words there. Um, clearly need more coffee. Uh, and uh, we serve very much as uh, convening, serving to bring together community relationships from the industry side, the technical trainers, and putting those together in apprenticeships. So we're just simply being the umbrella that ties those pieces together. And credentials, uh, and this is a really critical piece, credentials that experience. So um, folks coming through a boot camp get, can get great training. Depends on the boot camp, right? Some boot camps are right. just phenomenal. Some boot camps aren't so great. Um, just like any other training provider. Um, but uh, what we want to do is be able to provide that fourth pathway so that we're opening up opportunities for people to pivot in their careers without necessarily having to invest in another four-year degree. So this, putting this together, this related technical instruction and this on-the-job experience into apprenticeship, the Department of Labor credentials is a four-year degree equivalency. So apprentices who are finished, who com successfully uh, complete an apprenticeship are issued a certificate of occupational equivalency that's national and portable in the same way that a college degree is. Okay. So that they can then move forward in their career. And as they look at applying for jobs that say four-year degree or equivalent, they have the equivalent. They have the equivalent. Okay. They have the ability to beyond this one year of apprenticeship and it is a train to retain program. So Eight out of 10 people tend to stay at the company in which they started their apprenticeship, just keep going to work, but they can also grow within that company and look at jobs that may require a four-year degree or equivalent and move forward in with this experience to be able to apply for that role and hopefully successfully com compete for that role. Um, and in that way, remove additional barriers that may be out there preventing technical talent from taking leadership roles. Um, so again, that fourth path um, of, you know, someone can come through a university or college degree. They might come through an associate's program. They might come through a boot camp straight into a company. Um, apprenticeship is that fourth path. Um, and in many ways, not only is an additional path, but can be braided together with the, the other three paths. Um, so, that technical training providers, whether they're boot camps or, or community colleges or uh, like Ohio State runs a boot camp, for example, 
um, they might put together that related technical instruction, that boot camp experience with the on the job training and help provide better outcomes for the people who are coming through their training programs because they're now coming out with the equivalency of a four-year degree, which not only validates the, um, the, 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 the training that the boot camp is providing, um, heightens or, or, um, elevates, um, the standing of that boot camp, but it also opens barriers, um, for the apprentices and helps clear pathways for industry. Um, so that, you know, some roles they may have, may have the ability to remove a, a degree requirement. Some roles that may make sense. Other roles, it may make sense to have a four-year or equivalency requirement um, and keep that intact, uh, but apprenticeship can provide that equivalency um, and continue to help people open those doors, open those pathways, help industry clear their glass ceilings uh, for more and more women to be able to um, go into leadership roles in tech, uh, more and more minorities, um, get more diversity in tech. Um, but not necessarily, there's no way for us to do this by simply increasing the number of people in computer science engineering programs. There's just not the capacity at the ed- educational level. Um, there's not the seats, the spots in the university programs. And more to the point, um, we have an abundance of amazing humans, amazing people who have great work experiences and who want to go into technical fields, uh, but need to have available to them the training, the opportunity, the means, the pathway, um, the structure, the accreditation, um, and to validate that, to be able to to put those two needs together, the industry needs, the people's needs, um, and provide a nice structured bridge um, that really points us in the future um, of where we're going to be in work. Um, So many industry verticals, um, so many sectors are projecting um, decreases. So when we look at call centers or uh, logistics roles, truck drivers, um, look at, you know, fast food restaurants or other uh, retail, for example, has taken a huge hit, right? Right. Um, All of these different sectors have people who may have incredible customer service backgrounds. They understand how humans work. They may understand how projects work. They bring great empathy, great um, tenacity and patience. What we need to do is, is, you know, identify those folks who are out there who are looking and ready um, to make that pivot into the next um, wave of the future. So you don't Um, have to have certain qualifications for apprentice, or do you? So to be qualified for apprentice, you need to be 18 years or older. Um, You need to be work eligible in the United States. And then we have an assessment on our website that um, is um, covers some basic math, logic, and human skills. Um, So Um, We are validating people's aptitude and then screening for attitude before providing candidates to our industry partners. But you are absolutely correct. Um, There is no credentialing um, on the front end side other than age um, (laughs) and eligibility to work. Um, And they interview first with your clients. Yeah, we vet them. Um, before, so before they or anyone them. goes to an industry partner, uh, apprentice staff uh, does a phone screen, a staff interview. Um, we thoroughly, um, so candidates who um, complete, successfully complete the aptitude assessment. Um, when there is a role um, that is, a, looks like a good fit, both for a geographical reason um, and the applicant has put down, I want to be in software de- development uh, in Columbus, Ohio. And we have an industry partner who says, great, let's, let's, let's do that. Um, we would take candidates out of that aptitude test pool, um, people who have cleared the assessment and start to interview them. Okay. Um, candidates who uh, interview well, 
who have the aptitude and the attitude. Um, so things like lifelong learning, grit, um, ability to manage one's own work, um, have an eternal drive, um, passion. <laughs> a passion for it, clear and demonstrable passion. So um, we are very much looking for great human skills in terms of things, you know, the flexibility, um, uh, ability to bounce back from difficult situations, um, uh, ability, good communication skills. So these, these, these aptitudes are, are what we're screening for. And then also, of course, looking for evidence that that passion for technology really is there um, and that that has moved beyond ideation, that that has that the candidate can express clearly what they're passionate about, why they're passionate about it, and what they have done to demonstrate that or explore that. So just to be clear, uh, we're not asking for people to have previously been software developers or network administrators or IT support professionals or whatever role it is that we're looking at. But what we are looking at is when you say you're interested in tech, what, what's the next thing you did? Did you do, take it a Udacity course? Did you, did you build a Raspberry Pi kit? Did you start going to meetups? Did you um, enroll in a class to learn something? Um, do you, did you start going down YouTube uh, tutorials? Talk to me about what it is that you have done to move yourself forward from ideation, from that dreamy state of one day I might right. be uh, <laughs> to, I took me some, I, I learned some HTML and CSS. I, I, you know, did a Python tutorial. I, you know, bought a Raspberry Pi kit and built this ra robot thing. I, you know, uh, joined women in tech and I started going to the, the meetups, the conferences, reading the newsletters, you know, I, um, you know, enrolled in this, you know, um, basic cyber tutorial to understand more about what's going on. I started this, um, you know, IT uh, fundamentals course on Coursera, or, you know, maybe I've done some, some basic CompTIA some things. Um, it's really important that the candidate can articulate for us so that that next step uh, for the industry partner, there's confidence. This person is internally motivated, likes tech, is doing this of their own volition, is not just doing it because someone told them to do it. Right. Um, they're someone who likes to solve problems. They enjoy puzzles or, you know, they enjoy troubleshooting. They um, have the patience and the knack for, you know, getting to the bottom of the, the issue um, they have the human skills to work through difficult problems at work or planning sessions or going to meetings. They have demonstrable skills on both sides um, of both the human and um, the technical um, and are ready to move into an apprenticeship program. They have done the career exploration. They know what they want. Um, they have tested out their skills and can speak to why do you want to be a cybersecurity analyst? Why do you want to be a software developer? And they might be wanting, might be interested in both. And that's totally legit. Uh, they just need to be able to explain why and how why? they're connected. Um, and um, we, we talk to many candidates who are interested in all 16 areas that we do. Um, and that could, be, that could work. Um, but what we're looking at is can they articulate, do they understand what each of those roles are? And can they articulate why they would be interested in any one of those roles? Um, what are the connections between the roles, uh, between hardware and software? And how do you see yourself fitting into that? Um, and so we would certainly encourage people when they're doing the, the profile setup on our website, taking the assessment, to be real. Be real for the geographical um, don't put down, you know, places you are not actually available to work. Right. Don't put down roles that you don't actually want to be in. Uh, cause at some point we will call you, <laughs> um, and we would love to know, you know, why do you want to do this thing? Um, and we hope that you would be, um, ready for that question at that time. 
So it's www.apprenti.com. Apprenticareers.org. Oh, okay. Uh, so we so. are a nonprofit. Okay. Uh, so we got the .org um, and apprenti, uh, just like apprenticeship, um, but apprenti careers. Careers.org. Um, okay. .org. Yep. Um, for the assessment, for more information, for our industry partners to connect, um, if you, you know, as a company or as an individual, if you're interested in learning more about um, Apprenti um, and uh, the work that we're doing, uh, we did just get five additional years of funding from the Department of Labor. Um, so we are continuing our um, very um, quick pace of rollout. Um, we've been an organization for a little bit over five years um, and we're now in 16 markets. Um, wow. And uh, we did hit a bit of a speed bump with COVID for sure. Um, 2020 was a little slower than, than we had projected. Uh, but 2021, uh, the headcount projections coming in from industry are uh, fairly optimistic and uh, aggressive. Um, we're seeing a lot more optimism uh, in 2021. And some of that I think is likely couched in the 2020 experience of just seeing how important tech infrastructure is. Uh, so many companies uh, were somewhat unprepared. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> in terms of work from home, in terms of. But I think a lot of companies came out of it like we can lower our footprint in the community mm -hmm. and hire more people. We'll get 100%. more done. And so let them work from home because in the end, they'll make out. Companies make out. So absolutely. And we need to have robust tech infrastructure in order for that operational goal. If you're going to make money. Right. You got to have the, the technical infrastructure to execute on the plans. So whether that's, you know, a retail org trying to sell online while stores are closed or lower foot traffic to malls, mm -hmm. um, which was already, you know, dropping off well before COVID. So right. that just was a death nail. But um, certainly banks, uh, financial institutions, educational, governmental institutions have seen um, as so many, you know, kids are uh, remote school or even the hybrid approach. It um, all can be done. I mean, it can, it can, <laughs> uh, but it needs that infrastructure. It needs the physical hardscape of the, the, the actual broadband and Wi-Fi. Uh -huh. um, and, and certainly there's interest in, in, in potentially doing a tech apprenticeship around that. Um, so that's, that's an interesting thing uh, hopefully for the future, but uh Certainly many of these roles that we've talked about today in terms of cybersecurity, software development, network administration, um, all of these are roles that um, are super important to the delivery of, of services uh, in, in companies and have um, often seen not, uh, I don't want to say this, there's been a, a limit, limited uh, hiring of, of new new software developers or new cybersecurity analysts that while we bemoan the lack of talent in these areas, um, many times companies are um, hesitant um, to, to hire new people. They want people with experience. Oh, right. um, and so um, typically, um, you know, we have seen, and I saw this, you know, certainly now in apprenticeship, but in boot camp space, uh, working at OSU, that first job out the gate is very difficult sometimes for people to land um, and to make that smooth transition from um, being in an educational uh, environment to landing a job that requires that educational background. Um, many times there's um, some, some people can, can make that leap what very well. Um, and some organizations are well suited to help students make that leap. Um, but we also know that many times first generation college goers, even second generation college goers can really struggle, um, with making that, uh, investment in higher education pan out on a, on a career outcomes level. That is true. 
And what's so funny is you said your average parentee was 33. I mean, that's what happens. People make career choices, leaps, career leaps, shall I? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And they only think that they have to I don't think this is the way it is now, but I think like when I was 30, 33, the only choice you had was to go back to school and get a new degree. And so people don't have time for that. It's a barrier. Um, You know, and and some folks, depending on what you're trying to do, Mm -hmm. um, sometimes you're able to slide, make these lateral moves, um, learn, learn enough um, to be able to move into something, get a, get a project, get some experience while you're in the role and keep moving your career forward. But you're correct. I think a lot of times many of us have been limited by traditional hiring methods um, or the narrative that, that you only get to choose one thing to do in your life mm-hmm. um, and, um, or that your college degree and what you, your career outcome is have to be totally 100% aligned or it failed. Right. I mean, I was an English back English major. Um, I, I, you know, doing the work I do now, I rely on that so much. Uh, the communications, the writing skills, the critical thinking skills, um, the creativity uh, and imagination, the systems work that I did. Um, certainly, understanding those pieces and parts have led me on this trajectory, but they didn't wholly prepare me for it. It was a foundation on which I've built lots of other things. Right. Um, and I'm hopeful we can continue to open up more pathways for people to, to, to be able to, to make those pivots, make those uh, career um, changes. And we're going to need to, quite frankly. Um, I'm talking to all kinds of people who made choices in their careers that seemed at the time very stable. Accounting, for example. Um, (laughs) A lot of folks went into accounting thinking this is going to be a job forever. Uh Um, No one's ever going to automate or take away accounting. Right. And and, uh, QuickBooks, (laughs) you know, hello, QuickBooks, right? So a lot of accountants uh, looking for work um, have gotten, you know, the easy billable hours. Uh, Lawyers too, seeing a lot of nervousness um, in terms of, what automation has done um, in terms of uh, making, you know, some of these, um, whether it's, you know, filing your taxes or uh, creating a will, um, you can go to LegalZoom. You don't oh, yeah. All that's online. Right. 100%. <laughs> um, and so many of these sort of stable, traditional white collar mm-hmm. jobs, people are looking at and going, I don't see where this is going to be a job for me in five years. Like I need to start moving my skills forward. Mm -hmm. And when you're thinking about an accountant or a lawyer, I mean, like these people are very um, capable. They have great foundational skills in terms of um, understanding numbers, understanding um, logic and how to think through uh, very complex matters um, and can, potentially um, move those, build additionally on top of their accounting background, on top of their legal background, on top of whatever they've been doing. Um, Managing a Starbucks store, managing a a warehouse takes a lot to pull together those pieces and parts, Mm -hmm. to manage the humans, to make a profit, to do all of the things. Um, And many of those roles are very much reliant on technology. Um, so if you think about an accountant, I can't think of an accountant and not think about Excel spreadsheets. Oh yeah. Me neither. And if you probably have like dreams about them, (laughs) I, I a hundred percent believe that I might've had a dream about Excel spreadsheets. I mean, (laughs) I think a lot of people have (laughs) (laughs) anxiety dreams. Um, but yeah, no, these people are highly skilled and, uh, in many cases can, um, a little bit of additional training um, in terms of whether it's business analysis skills, um, you know, software development, algorithm building um, to be able to do more robust things with Excel. 
um, be able to pair Excel and SQL and build databases and then start to look at what can we do with that data and slicing and slicing that data. Um, people who have inquisitive, curious minds can come from a whole variety of backgrounds um, and may have a variety of educational experiences. Some people have not completed high school. Some people have uh, a PhD. The question is, you know, are they still in for lifelong learning? Do they want to roll in tech? Um, are they looking for, you know, a specific program that builds that bridge um, that, you know, aligns that education with the work-based outcomes um, so that they can be paid? Um, because if you're quitting your job to go back to school for college, um, it can be a great journey. Um, but um, that's a long time to be without a paycheck to be taking on a lot of debt um, and for which there may not be an assurance of, of an outcome that is aligned to your, to your dream job um, or to any job. Um, sometimes it works out. Sometimes it's, it's a great leap um, and, and very mindfully so. Um, but many times um, in downturns of economy, we see a lot of people out of work, go back to school um, and then not always see the outcome Right. Um, that, that they would like to see. Uh, and then they're, they're saddled with a little bit more debt. Um, and that's a challenge. Uh, and so Apprentice is very much about taking away those barriers. This is a free program, free of cost to the apprentice, to the, to the candidate. Um, there is no cost on our website at any point for tutorials or the assessment or for any of the services that we're providing. The training is free. Uh, when you go on the job to work, that is paid work. It is a full-time job. Um, and it's a first rung in a long ladder of growth. Um, if you, you know, start in as a cybersecurity analyst, the possibilities of where your career can go from here are virtually unlimited. Yeah, um, especially in that field. Yeah, there's just a, a, an incredible need for people with these skills. Um, and an incredible path of growth um, and a wonderful way in which people can might leverage their backgrounds of, you know, whether you're coming from, you know, um, more of a customer service or an educational background, whether you're coming from more of a business or accounting or legal background, each one of those areas utilizes technology and your skills could help improve products and services. Uh, in those sectors as well as potentially transfer so that you might be doing forensic accounting or you might be um, applying those legal skills in a variety of technical capacities to think about privacy law or privacy implications of how you're building that software. Oh, oh. Right. Lots of lots of ways yeah, in which lots, all of these pieces and parts. Lots of ways. Deeply connect. Um, and for the industries, that is an amazing gift to bring diversity of thinking to your team. Um, so if your team looks a lot alike, has a very similar background, um, tends to get stuck in group think, um, and you want to provide more innovative um, solutions for your customers, putting an apprentice on that team is a great way to have a catalyst, someone who's going to ask different questions, mm -hmm. someone who's going to they bring a different insight into absolutely bring yeah. a different lens. Um, someone with a psych background is going to bring an entirely different lens to customer experience uh, in cybersecurity, which is certainly one of the things that's a critical issue, right? You want it to be secure. But you also need it to be customer experience right. friendly so people do it. And we all know how irritating password, um, bit encryption, and many of these different things. <laughs> um, and they still don't keep us safe. Um, we still see, you know, high profile, high profile hacks at companies that, that should know better. Right. Um, so. And uh, people asking better questions, um, having better insight, hopefully foreseeing. Uh, preventing some of the risk and opening some of the possibilities of innovation. Love it. Love it. 
All right. Well, you're a busy lady. You got a promotion and you are a busy lady. I congratulate you on your promotion. Thank you. I'm and so um, I'm, you're going to be awesome as usual. So um, I'm thrilled to be of service. Uh, I'm, I'm just, it's been a long journey to get to where I am uh, for real. Um, and I am excited for the journey to come. Um, in terms of bringing the pieces and parts together to make it an, an incredible program that's robust and, and nationwide, um, focused on continuously improving that process and opening doors, um, improving retention at companies. I think there's just such a wonderful opportunity for all of us uh, across all of our regions, across all of our industries, across all of our different interests. Um, <laughs> to all join forces in, in um, making better products, better pathways, better opportunities, better outcomes um, to use our resources for people. Perfect. Well, I thank you for your time today. You're fabulous as always. Um, I thank Apprenti for their continued support with Get With It. We heart you. We love you. And love <laughs> it's just phenomenal. You guys build a great community. Appreciate your opportunity to talk to, the, to you today. And well, thank um, you. the conference and all the things that you guys do all year round um, to build great community for women in tech. Um, we know there needs to be many more women in our technical communities um, and I'm looking forward to making apprenticeship a great pathway for more women um, to open those doors to pay equity, high paying careers, uh, low representation of women in the ranks. Uh, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> yeah. So great opportunities for, for all of us to, um, you know, help women help our, region, help our, org our nation, help our industries um, make and do better. All right. Well, if I don't talk to you before Christmas, have a beautiful holiday. Yes. Yes. Have a great holiday season. Um, happy too. new year and all of that. I know. I probably won't talk to you now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope I'll I owe you a, uh, a bio. Yes. Um, and a write up for apprentice. So I'll get that yes. to you. And then um, I definitely um, am creating a calendar of events. Um, so I'll get that out to you as well so that Perfect. we can share yes. that information so that if people from beyond today want to learn more about apprenticeship, learn more about apprentice, um, learn more how they could be a great candidate or as a workforce professional, career services professional, how to make a good referral or some of our other um, aspects. We have a cadence of webinars coming up in 2021. Um, so I'll share that out to you. Um, Perfect. Yeah, we'll share it with we the can, community. You know, continue to grow the ecosystem. That's right. That is right. Well, thank you so much, lady. Thank you. It's thank just a great, great pleasure to start my morn Monday morning off I with know, you. Right? <laughs> I don't know. Did you have enough coffee? Ah, <laughs> uh, working on cup number two. So there you go. <laughs> we'll fill that back up. <laughs> well, have a great rest of your day. And thank you again for your time. And um, I will talk to you shortly. Absolutely. Thank you so much for everything that you do. Appreciate it. Apprenti is bridging the tech talent and diversity gaps, initiating a new paradigm to develop untapped talent and strengthen the tech ecosystem nationwide. Apprenti offers a new approach to filling the talent gap through the time-tested model of registered apprenticeships for industry and for people. Our unique apprenticeships program is a straightforward, step-by-step, fast-track toward a dream job. The tech industry is seeking to diversify its workforce, so Apprenti is actively recruiting women, people of color, and veterans, although anyone is eligible to apply. Using a prioritized screening process, Apprenti has created a quicker path to diverse, qualified, and certified tech talent. 
as the tech intermediary for the U.S. Department of Labor. Apprenti is building apprenticeships for the next generation of leaders in tech. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. We will see you next time and feel free to drop us a line at getwitit.org.